Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. I want to speak to you about enough time. So uh, get your devices out, make your notes, turn Instagram off, turn Facebook off, turn all the rest of that stuff off. Because right now, the most important voice is not that one. Uh, The most important voice is not even mine. The most important voice is what the Holy Spirit is going to say to you while I'm speaking. And I want to make sure you never miss it. Because I've sat in services and listened to preachers, but inside the voice of the preacher, I heard the voice of God. I remember being at a Hillsong conference years ago and Tommy Barnett was preaching. And quite frankly, at that moment, I, I thought, who is this slick preacher, so suave and, well, slick actually, and the old Aussie cynicism. You know what that devil looks like? Uh, I'm kind of thinking, well, oh, you know, I'm sitting there thinking a whole lot of stuff. I'm embarrassed to tell you. And I heard a voice in the middle of the preaching saying, whose voice are you listening to? And I remember sitting there right there and going, oh my Lord, I've been listening to the wrong thing. I've been thinking about the wrong thing. And I totally switched in that minute and said, Lord, I'm going to hear you. Well, you know, I can still tell you what he preached about. And that's years and years and years ago. So I'm praying tonight that while I'm sharing, God is going to be speaking into your life. Ask anyone what it is that is the scarcest resource in our 21st century society, most people, when they think about it, will tell you it's not money and it's not the environment and all that stuff. The scarcest resource is actually time. I've Every week I'm talking to people, to parents, to kids, to executives, to students who are all feeling the pressure of time. And I believe that while you can always get more money, nobody can get more time. You can borrow more money, but you can't borrow time. You can go somewhere and take out a loan to get more finance for your life. But none of us can go anywhere and get more time. It is the most significant resource. Why? Because your time is actually your life. If you don't believe me, go look at a cemetery sometime and see the date the start and the date at the end and the little hyphen in the middle because the hyphen was their life. This was the start, that was the end. Everything in between, every day, every moment, every hour was actually their life. Your time right now is your life. Most of us here know the story of Joseph, a young man with a dream, but literally when you study the story or read about it in Genesis from about 39 onwards, you start discovering that for this young man, it looks like the dream gets further and further away. Every day seems like it gets less and less likely. And I'd love to tell you that he's only in that spot in Potiphar's house as a slave or in the king's prison, that he was only there for a day or two or a week or, you know, it was kind of like weekend jail. But the reality was it was years went past while he's in this hiatus, while he's in this no man's land, while he's in this space where it looks like he's running out of time. 
So let's read Psalm 105, verse 17 about this young man. It says, He, and that's God, set a man before them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They hurt his feet with fetters. He was laid in irons until, everyone say until, until the time that his word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. The verse there says that he's in this no man's land until the time. I want to tell you tonight without any shadow of a doubt, I believe with all my heart that for every single one of us here, that there is a time that God has called your time. There is a time that is your time for you. And you need to know that on the days when you feel like God has forgotten your address, when you look at the dreams that you began with, the things that you hoped for, and you have said to yourself, well, they just seem less likely. They don't seem like they're getting closer or they're coming to pass. You walk through a dark valley or a difficult season. I've been in those where I thought everything that I'd imagined as a young believer was was less and less likely. I've walked through things that were physical. I've walked through things that were financial. I've walked through things that were emotional and mental where it seemed like those dreams were unlikely to ever come to pass. It seemed like I was running out of time. There is a your time for you. There is a moment, make no mistake about it. I'm not asking how old you are. I'm not asking are you on the right side of 40 or 50 or 60 or 70. Moses was a man of 80 years young when his time came. You know, Caleb was a man of 75 when his time came. And yet there were young people. David was a young man in his teens when his time came. And then it seemed like everything that was prophesied took a backward step and he was never going to get there. He's about 40 when he gets restored uh, back into kingship. It's a long period of time. I don't know why you and I walk through some things, but if you are going to walk through them, you need to understand something that there is a time called your time. That there's a moment, come on, listen to me tonight. Because there's some of you here in this place and you feel like your dream's parked. You feel like, well, that's not looking too likely. Yet God can do everything in a day. Scripture asks the question, can a nation be born in a day? Well, it was way back there in the 1940s when Israel became a nation in a day. How could such a thing ever happen? How could that even be possible? And yet God did it. The Middle East that so much of the world has written off as a hotbed of terrorism and not wanting to, to see anybody out of that space come into our world. And yet, as I just read out to you before, last week alone, 7,000 people in, a, in one of those Middle Eastern countries gave their life to Christ. Some of the remarkable things. Who knows, but whether that isn't their time. And I don't know what dream you hold in your heart, but I'm encouraging, please never put it to one side. Never make an arbitrary decision. The Bible says that Jesus, one of His titles, He says this about Himself. I am Alpha and Omega. 
they are the first and last letters respectively of the Greek alphabet. What he's saying is this, I'm the starter of things, but I'm also the finisher of things. And if he's the alpha and he's the omega, until he declares my time is up, my time is never up. I cannot run out of time because he is the Lord of time. Amen. My Saviour sits in eternity. He's, he's not controlled by the calendar. When the disciples asked Jesus just before the day of Pentecost, when they said, when are you going to restore the kingdom uh, back to Israel? He said, it's not for you to know times or seasons, which the Father has put in His own hand. He says, don't focus on the when. He says, focus on receiving power for the day you are in. I'll say that again. Don't focus on the when. Too many of us are looking at our, our 19s, our 20s, our 25s, our 30s. Some of you here that are getting older and you go, my goodness, when is that ever going to happen? Well, now I've turned 40. I'm never going to get that. Well, now I've turned 30. I should have been doing this by now. When's my career? When's my dream? You and I look at a calendar and decide that our time is either still there or it's finished. Jesus said, Jesus said, don't look like that. It's not for you to know. It's in the Father's hand. But you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. So what's capturing your attention right now? The calendar? What's going on? I better hurry up. I better get going. I've talked to so many young adults who go, I'm 25, I'm not married yet. Like, you know, there was just one little block and if you didn't get it then, you're finished. And, but I've spoken to people when it comes to their career. Well, I'm 30, Jeff, and I'm still in that job I don't really love. I have had a dream. Well, instead of checking out the calendar, how about we get before God and say, God, would you endue me with power for the time and the space that I'm in? Whatever, listen to me, whatever part of the calendar you're in, Ask the Holy Spirit to fill you with power for the time and the place where you are. Are you with me here? Ask, ask the Holy Spirit. Lord, Joseph couldn't control a whole lot of things about time, but what he could do was position himself to receive. So important that we do that. There's a time for you. Psalm 31 verse 15 says this. It says, My times are in your hand. Deliver me from the hand. I'm going to swap one hand for another hand. My times are in your hand. That's the hand I'm looking at. Deliver me from the hand of my enemies. Listen to me. Whose hand are you holding tonight? Whose hand are you holding? Are you holding the hand of your enemy? That's what you see. I can't because of them. I can't. I went through this. I had this marriage breakdown. I had this disaster financially. I had this health crisis. I had this thing go wrong. I lost that job because of that boss. Are you, are you reaching up for the hand that puts you where, listen to me, that puts you where you are? Or are you reaching up for the one who's holding your times in his hand? Whose hand are you playing to hold for the next few weeks and months and years of your life? Here's number two. Second thing about time is this. The only one running out of time is the enemy. 
The Scripture says it in Revelation chapter 12 and verse 12. For the devil has come down to you, having great wrath or anger, because he knows that he's got a short time. Isn't that kind of fun? Isn't that great? Isn't it amazing to know you're not running out of time, but the devil is? Ha ha. Ha ha. He's the one under pressure, not me. Amen. He, uh, he's the one under pressure. I'm not under pressure. The devil's under pressure. God says he's got my times in his hand. And the whole time the devil's over there going, I better hurry up. I got to get going. I got to do as much destruction, as much damage as I can. He knows that his time is short. Listen, never ever uh, think to yourself that the devil somehow or other is equal to God. He certainly isn't. The Bible actually says that the Holy Spirit around the world is withholding everything that the enemy was trying to do. Says it in the epistle, says when that which lets, that which holds back is taken out of the way. There is a supernatural uh, resistance to everything the devil wants to do. His time's short. His number three, God will keep you until your time comes. God will keep you. I'm preaching this message tonight because I believe that there's enough time. And so I wonder how come so many of us feel like we're desperate. And it's panic stations. And I gotta, I worry about the hurry sickness that's in our world. And I pray it'll never be in the life of believers. That we won't be going around going, I've got to hurry up. I've got to find Mr. Right, Miss Right. I've got to get that job, my career. I've got to, oh, uh, yeah, I've got to get going. I've got to hurry. Because that kind of panic takes people out of the will of God. Sarah came to uh, her husband, Abraham, because God had promised him a son. She came to him and said, man, we're running out of time. Look at you. Look how old you are. You're old, man. You are just getting past it. We better hurry up. And she said, it's obviously not working with me, but I've got a servant. And back in those days, as weird as this sounds, they could kind of, this work culturally, but you know, say, how about you go and sleep with our, our servant? Maybe that's how God's gonna do it. So he went off and did that. Ishmael is the result of that. And there has been conflict between the sons of Ishmael and the sons of Isaac for the last thousands and thousands of years since that moment. All because one man allowed desperation to make his decisions. Huh? Don't let that happen. Saul lost his whole kingship because he got panic struck thinking he's running out of time. When Samuel came to him and said, what on earth are you doing? You've, you've stepped into a role that's not yours. You're offering up the offering. Why are you doing such a thing? And he said this. He said, I was afraid because the people were leaving me. And you hadn't come and I thought I'd better do it myself. Are you with me here tonight? Come on, don't allow, don't allow pressure or panic to make your decisions for you. You know, maybe you go, but Jeff, you don't understand how important this is to me. You know, I've got to get this done. I've got to get this right. I go, I, I understand it. And I understand there can be a pressure to see things happen or to make things happen. But just don't let it make the decisions for you in your life. God, will, He'll keep you until your time. Here's a scripture for you. I know you want one. Jude's only got one chapter and it's verse 24. Jude 1 verse 24 says this, Now to him who's able to keep you from stumbling 
and to present you faultless before the presence of His glory with exceeding joy. In other words, He's able to keep me no matter what's going on. Come on, there are people in this room here tonight and you've got pressure around your life and it would be easy. God says, woe unto those that go down uh, to Egypt. And by that, He's not talking about the country, by the way. He's talking that God's not against any country, no matter which one it is. But He's talking about people that figuratively go, you know what, God, You didn't help, so I'm gonna go to the world for mine. And when we do that and allow panic to pressure us out of the will of God, Joseph could have so easily and so quickly got out of all the mess. All he had to do was sleep with Potiphar's wife. And you know, nobody would have blamed him. Nobody there, no one would have cared. Maybe Potiphar would have, but none of the rest of them would have minded at all. But because he said, I'm not gonna dishonour God. Can you, in the midst of pressure, can you keep integrity? Big question. Are you the kind of person who goes, God, I gave you a week, you didn't do it, so I'm taking a shortcut. It's quiet now. Here's number four, there's only five. Here's number four, be at peace until your time. I'd love to tell you that I've got this one nailed. I'd love to tell you that I've got this one figured out and pretty much the whole of my life, I just, you know, kumbaya, my Lord. That I just, sweet, I never get pressured. But my wife's sitting in the front row and she'd tell you that's not true. She'd say, you know, he feels it. Uh, sometime in the middle of the night, getting up, going, oh God, my mind won't stop. And there's a lot of things when you're leading something as large as this church, it could be easy. And I've had to bring my mind back and learn how to discipline it and say, God, I'm going to find peace while I wait. I love this verse. It's Isaiah 28 and verse 16. It says, He that believes shall not make haste. He that believes, well, there it is in the New King James. Whoever believes will not act hastily. Whoever believes will not make haste. What is there in your life right now? Come on, I know I'm speaking to people that are here. I'm not preaching a sermon for someone way out there somewhere. I'm talking about you. What are the pressures in your life right now? Are you going through a difficult spot in a relationship and it would be so easy just to flick it off, just to say, well, I'm finished with that. We live in a world where we don't want to walk through anything. We want all of our answers quick. We want them all yesterday. And our idea of waiting along, how many people here in the last week or so have looked at a line, a queue, somewhere or other, and you thought, I'm not going to wait that long? Huh? Huh? Look how many of us there are, heaps of us. How many people here have ever seen that petrol was cheap at that place? A couple of cents and everyone's lined up and you've gone, no, sorry, I'm not waiting that long. Look at you all, huh? I was in uh, the immigration line in Malaysia the other day. I needed to, uh, to go in and come back, go out, come back in again. And I remember looking and I'm, you know, I'm tall enough to see over most of the people there. And uh, well, it's true. And I'm kind of watching. And before I choose, there was a line that way and there was a line that way. And before I, I chose my line, I, I'm mentally assessing the rate of change. I looked at this line here and go, 
that's going to take too long. I'm going in this line. What I didn't figure on was that somebody at that line that I was in and that line that I was going to go in and someone in that line started, they were the immigration nightmares. One guy, I don't know where he was from, but he was from somewhere in Europe. He starts saying to the, he starts abusing the immigration officer who's got more medals and badges on her. And, and I'm just there going, oh boy, you are going to jail. <laughs> this is the last week. And I couldn't believe it. She rose up. She was not taking any nonsense from this guy. She's telling, she's, she's ordering him. You go back there. He starts walking after her. I'm going, oh man, someone's going to come and, and taser you in a minute. And anyway, uh, well, you know, so the line I was in, she left. Hallelujah. All I'm thinking of is I've got a plane to catch. Be at peace until your time. There were people coming up saying, my plane is leaving. Will you let me in? I'm a nice guy. I said, sure. I didn't realise there were six of them. Until finally one lady from another nation turned around and said, no, it's your own fault. You should have got here earlier. I went, okay. I wouldn't have said it, but... What are you sweating on at the moment? Seriously, what are you sweating on? Is it something in your personal life? Is it something you're waiting on God for? Is it something in the financial realm, something physical? And you're going, God, I don't know how. I don't think I can. He that believes, she that believes, won't make haste. We're not people of pressure. We're people of peace. Amen. Here's the last one, number five. Fifth one here. I think this of all of them, I love the way this Sounds, and I think it's so important. I think it's probably the key, really, to understanding time and working with God on time. We often say that God only has two speeds, dead stop and flat out. He never seems to just, you know what I mean? It's almost like you go, but God, my diary goes, diary shmiry. Amen. Moses says, I'm washed up, I'm finished. God says, oh no, I'm just starting. Huh? I'm just getting going. Paul, who was Saul on the road to Damascus, persecuting Christians. Yeah, and he goes, you know what? I've arrived and God says, no, you haven't started. Everything that you've called value, you one day will say it's like rubbish. It's what he said in Philippians. I count it but dung. That's not even a nice way to say it. I'm not even sure. I'm, thank God I'm a preacher who's sanctified, lest I use the Aussie vernacular. But he wasn't saying much good about his previous life. All right? Here's number five. Move forward while you wait. I know that sounds contradictory. Listen. Move forward while you wait. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. See then that you walk circumspectly or wisely, not as fools, but as wise. Look at verse 16. Redeeming the time. 
How would this have looked if Pastor Bruce had said, you know what, I, I had a rotten upbringing. There was challenge. There was pain. There was a whole lot of stuff I wish had never happened. Imagine if he'd said, you know what, I'm going to shut the door and I'm never going to speak about it. I'm never going to think about it. God, that is finished with its past. I wonder what would happen in Aquitos the week after next if God didn't have someone who could say this, I'm going to redeem the time. Listen to me. Even the bad days are not wasted in God. I, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled. I genuinely am. I'm thrilled at the number of people in our church who just like Bruce go, you know what? I understand brokenness. So I'm going to go and help people that are broken. You know, the reality is that just look over any one of the scores of ministries in this church. And there are scores of them. And everywhere you will find someone who knows what it's like for brokenness to touch them. Thank God they don't shut the door. Now, not everyone's had Pastor Bruce's background or experience. I, I can't say I've had that kind of a life. But I thank God that someone who did said, I'm going to let God redeem those days. I'm going to let God do something good out of them. I'm going to let God turn what the devil meant for pain and for destruction and evil. I'm going to let God turn it into something that's powerful. Joseph, who we started off speaking about, decided, you know what, I'm going to move forward while I wait. I know it sounds crazy. And that's maybe why it just resonates so much with me. Move forward while you wait. While you're waiting for your moment, for your time. Joseph grew, he learned, he leaned in. He made new partnerships everywhere he went. He could have simply just said, you know what, it's all bad and all wrong. None of it's my fault, but he stayed in there. The whole while he waited, he aimed to grow while he was waiting. The person who moves forward is saying, I'm not staying here forever, just for now. I'm getting ready for my future. Here are two things that you need to know if you are in a place where you're waiting, there are two things that will always take you forward. There are two things that will always take you out of the difficult space eventually. Number one, first one is hunger. Are you still hungry in the midst of Matthew 5 verse 6? Blessed are they, Jesus said, who hunger and thirst after righteousness. Why? Because they shall, not might, not hopefully, not possibly, for they shall be filled. Categorical, guaranteed, if you're hungry. You know, I've watched over the years people get into a difficult place and become casual spiritually. They stop reading the Bible. They stop praying. What's the point? God doesn't answer me anyway. They stop coming to church. Well, I go and I don't get anything. Ah, oh, you know, the worship didn't do anything for me today. Quite frankly, you know, I think we're all at some point or other have moments like that. The, the real deal is, will you keep hunger driving you forward? Are you still hungry? Paul wrote this to the Philippians. I count not myself to have arrived. 
He said, I'm still pressing on. I'm still pressing on. I believe that the best days of this church are the days right in front of us. I really do. I thank God. I think about all the things we've done over the years, 21 albums, massive crowds of people for a whole lot of stuff. But you say to me, would you go back? I go, no, I love these days. I love these moments. Keep hunger alive. Here's the second thing, that if you keep it in your life in the difficult space, you'll always come out better at the other side, is vision. One's hunger, the other one's vision. Listen to Habakkuk or Habakkuk, chapter 2 and verse 3. Let me read it to you. I know it's not up on the screen, but that's all right. You can go and look it up later. Here's what it says. Write the vision and make it plain on tablets so that he or she may run who reads it. Watch this. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. There's a time for your vision. It's in God's calendar, it's just not in yours. At the end it'll speak and it will not lie, though it tarries, though it lingers, though it seems like it's taking its time. Wait for it because it will surely come. It'll surely come. It won't tarry. I know this much. I know that God has got a vision and He's got a date on it. He's just not telling you when. The disciples prayed in the upper room. Jesus just said, wait, and never told them how long. Day one, I've got no doubt, they thought, well, you know, praying for a whole day, that's pretty good. I'll bet Jesus is going to do it tonight. But you know, the night passed, some of them fell asleep and day two awoke and they're still praying because He said, do it until... So they're going, well, I ain't here yet. And day two came and went, night two came and went. And then it was day three and then it was day four. Then it was day five. The most, the greatest miracle about the upper room is not that they prayed for 10 days, but that they stayed praying for 10 days. But you know, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians that 500 people saw Jesus bodily ascend into heaven. 500 people were present. There was a crowd of half a thousand were standing there watching Jesus do this. Until he disappeared from sight. So what I want to know when I get to heaven is this. What happened to the 380? Because there was only 120 left on the day of Pentecost. I wonder what happened to the 380. I wonder if they went, oh, it's probably not going to happen. Oh, I've been waiting. I gave it a good shot. I gave it a bit of a try. It hasn't happened. Oh, well, probably not bother. I wonder if that was their spirit. Amen. Let's believe together. Come on, pray with me right now. Thanks, team. Please come. I know there are people here tonight. I know it because the Holy Spirit told me that you're here. There are people here and you feel like it's too late. It's not even just late. It's too late. And I want to pray for you right where you are. I want to pray that God will touch you. I want to pray that God will give you peace. In the midst of your waiting, I want to pray that God will stir your hunger. I want to pray that God will clarify vision into your life. I do not want to get to heaven and find out if I'd waited one more day. I would have seen it come to pass. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, help each one of us here tonight in Jesus' name. There are people here in this place right now, right now. And the enemy has been telling you, because he's running out of time. He's telling you, you've already run out of time. If that's you tonight, just while heads are bowed, eyes are closed, I'm the only one looking around. 
If that's you and you say, Pastor, that's me. The enemy's been just hammering me. I know there are people here, you are getting hammered. Like you, like the temptation to a shortcut is so strong in your life. I feel it. it's almost like you're on the edge, some of you here, of making a radical shift, a radical change, making a decision that I believe one day you'll regret if you do it. But the enemy's been bringing pressure. And tonight, I believe that's going to break off your life in Jesus' name. So if that's you, just let me know so I'm praying with you. Just lift your hand and put it back down again. Thank you. Oh, my, 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 my. Lots of you. Lots of you. Anybody else? Just quickly before. Thank you. Thank you. Yep, 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 yep. Yep, got you. Yep, I see you up there. Yep. Just get included if that's you. If you're up on the stage, you can lift your hand. Being up on the stage never makes you arrived. Just makes you on the stage, uh, myself included. Is there anybody else before I pray? Go, that's me. That enemy's been bringing such, can we pray together? Come on, would you just, you, you didn't look, but would you just start praying for the person in front of you, the person beside you, the person behind you? Just start saying, God, would you set them free? Pressure tonight, listen to me. Pressure tonight's gonna break. Some of you here, you've been thinking, I've got to get out of this thing. I got to leave this. I'm going to do this. And, and part of you knows that it's just desperation pushing you. You know, I'm going to give this up. You know, I'm going to take that offer. And some of you, you know that it's not the will of God, but the pressure is so strong. Father, we pray together tonight in Jesus' name. Come on, pray, everybody. Pray for the people around about you. Pray that God will help them, that God will set them free. Lord Jesus, we thank you tonight that none of us here are running out of time. The devil may be, but we're not. God, I believe tonight for a fresh hunger in every life. I believe, Lord, for a clarity of vision for every life in the Name of Jesus. Fresh things to start opening up into our lives in the Name of Jesus. There are people here, Lord, where the enemy is so snowed them under with pressure. They feel just drained and the desire for You even seems like it's disappeared. But God, tonight You help them in Jesus' mighty Name. In Jesus' Name. Some of you here I know that is You've tonight have said, yes, Lord, touch me. Some of you here, I know that in the next short period of time, over the next month or so, as you stand before God, where you had no clarity, clarity is going to start to come. Where you felt like just like some of you here, you've literally thought, I'm going crazy with this. I've got to do that. And the pressure of that is gone tonight in Jesus' name. Gone in Jesus' name. Gone. I know what I'm saying. I know what I'm what I'm seeing. And some of you here, it's it's been a demonic pressure against your mind, the enemy trying to pressure you into wrong relationships, pressure you out of godly places where he's put you, pressuring you out of dream and out of vision. And I see God come and go, no, not happening. Peace. Peace. Peace, peace. What a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus. Father, we thank You for that. Thank You for helping each one of us in Jesus' name. We give You the glory, Lord. We follow You. We hang on to You. Just while heads are bowed, eyes are closed, there may be people here tonight, you say, Pastor, I don't know Jesus. Or maybe you used to walk with God and 
somehow or other amongst all the stuff that can go on in life, you lost your way. And tonight you say, Jeff, would you help me? I want to get back on track with God. I want to start following Jesus. Some of you here, first time ever, you want to say, Jesus, would you become real to me? I hear about you, but I want to know you. I want to know you. One of the Scripture writers said this. He said, you know, I've heard about you, but now my eyes see you. I believe God wants that. If that's you here tonight in this place, you say, that's me. Jeff, I'm, I need God in my life. Would you just, again, like other people have done, just slip your hand up so I can see it. I'd love to pray with you right where you are. Won't embarrass you. Thank you back there. Who else, just wherever you are, say, that's me. Thank you. Who else, just wherever you are, say, that's me, Jeff. I, I'm not walking with God. I wish I, I knew how to. I'll help you do that right where you are. You can make a step towards God tonight. You can say yes to Jesus. He'll come into your life. I've got no doubt whatsoever. Is there anybody else before I pray? Then I want you to pray this prayer right where you are. Would you pray it with me? Lots of people are going to pray it because they want to encourage those of you that are lifting your hand. Just say this to Jesus after me. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me because I matter to you. I need you in my life. I need your forgiveness. I need your help. I need your strength. Most of all, I want to know you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. You don't need to pray this prayer, but Father, thank you for them. Thank you for touching their life, coming into their world, into their heart in the name of Jesus. Amen. You can all look this way just quickly. Hey, by the way, let's give those people a big hand and say, well done. It's always exciting. One of the things we live for as a church is people for that moment where they say yes to Christ. You know, you can get yourself so occupied about, you know, what happens and how many and whatever. And forget about the fact that it's Jesus who's calling people. And I love that. Uh, if you want to get some resources that'll help you, simply text YES, 0488-826-392. There it is right there up on the screen. If you just text YES, you can opt out of it whenever you like. But if you will say yes to Christ, I know that He'll walk with you. We would love to help you in a very unobtrusive, not pushy way. We'd love to make sure we're helping you to walk with God. And uh, so just do that with safety. And uh, we'll send you a Scripture that you get every morning on your smartphone and a prayer that you can pray that you can make yours. And I've got no doubt that God will bless you. Give them another big hand again. I love it. All right. Just before we break and have town hall meeting, and that's going to be great. I hope you can stay. Uh, even though it's the same as this morning, it won't be the same because uh, there'll be things we'll say differently for sure. But anyway, we want to take the opportunity to share with you some of the things about where we're up to as a church. And uh, as a part of that, we begin today receiving our destiny offering commitments. They're our commitments over and above our normal giving. And you know, I know some churches are a bit embarrassed about giving. In this church, we never are because we know so clearly how tight it is to the purpose and the call of God for us as a church. We know what the finance does and the stewardship of that. There is no safer church in all of Perth than this one for you to sow financially into. 
we are audited twice separately by two separate auditing firms, both here locally and also then corporately across in Queensland, where one of the major audit firms of the world is involved with that. So I know that it's safe for you to be a part of and to be doing that. We've been praying for the last three Sundays, inviting people to make their commitments to say, God, this is what I believe you're saying to me. My wife and I did ours this morning, praying about it. It's always a stretch. And uh, I've got no doubt lots of people are gonna be stretching again when it comes to fulfilling our destiny offering. Most people make a commitment, Rhonda and I do this, over the next 12 months. And then we go on the adventure of believing and praying and seeing God bring that abundance into our life so that we can uh, fulfil the commitment that we make. We think it's pretty incredible. Take out your destiny offering commitment card. There it is on the seat. Love you, there's a pen there. Take that out, begin to fill that in. And uh, I'm gonna let you watch the video while you fill that in. Give us the detail. That's not so we can pester you. We've never done that. We're not about to start. To this day, I still don't know what anybody gives in Destiny Offering, apart from my wife and myself. I don't know what you give. I choose not to. So when I write letters of encouragement, uh, I'll write it, then give it to our accounts team, and they fill in all the detail of that. I, I want to be free to be able to pass to you without thinking about what you did or didn't do or where you're up to with that. So give us those details with confidence. We would love to do that. Fill that in. If you need a pen, give us a little wave. Maybe you need more than one. Maybe you'd like more than one pen. Fill that in. This is the only thing we ask, and that is this, that if you say Metro Church is your home, find a way to be a part. We've all got demands and calls on our time and our finance. Find a way to be a part of what God is doing in this church's life, in Jesus' Name. Let's watch the video and then I'll come back to pray. Here we are. Together, horizons. What links these words? Horizons, the place where our sky meets the earth. The limit of our knowledge, experience and perspective. Together, the proximity of oneself to others. The concurrence of us and our neighbour. Our horizons can hinder us, but they cannot defeat us. For we are not alone. Destiny is not just about an event. It's a vessel that allows us to come together and broaden our horizons. It allows us to see past what is present and procure what is possible. To come together as a church and sow into the future of our generation, our ministries, God's kingdom. Destiny doesn't have a focus on finance. It's about believing for an impact. In every part, large and small, is a detail in God's complex design. 
As we sow into the vision of this year and next, don't let your horizons suppress what is possible. Look past your horizons. Let us come together and radiate the love of our God in our church and in our city. Let its impact be profound over all the world. Let those impacted not know the name of Metro Church, but let them know the name of Jesus. Let their lives be touched through love and generosity. In Jesus' name. Let's stand together, shall we? Let's stand holding your hand if you have the card. Thank you to each one of you for being a part of Destiny Offering 2019-2020. And I'm excited about what God is doing. We'll take time in every one of the services for the next two Sundays as well, because we know in a church like ours that's so mobile, so many people traveling, that it takes us quite a while to get across everyone. And so we'll do that in every service. If you've given, thank you. Thank you. Just add your faith in for those that are here. Then on the first Sunday of July, we'll be celebrating the total amount committed and join together to thank God for His provision. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You tonight in Jesus' Name. We thank You, Holy Spirit, that there is always provision for Your vision. God, we thank You for the ways You stretch us where we might think our capacity is only this big, but You ask us to believe for something even greater. So Lord, I thank You for that. I pray for every family and every home and every business, every life that's here. People that are saying, yes, Lord. Maybe they're in abundance right now and they're giving out of that. Maybe, Lord, they're in, in, in tighter times, but they're stepping out in faith. We thank Your Holy Spirit that You are gonna help each one of us. We seek Your favour and Your blessing over every area of our life, every area of business in Jesus' Name. And all God's people said, Amen, Amen.